This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey. Another holiday already, right? We just got through Christmas. Uh, everybody gets the day off. This is one of those days that, uh, you know, it was kind of not a holiday, even when it was a holiday. And now forget about it. Everybody is off. Um, good for them, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. Again, this close to Christmas. I'm not going to I'm not going to say, oh, we shouldn't have Martin Luther King Day. But maybe we should have it uh, on a day not his birthday. He was born in January. It's too close to Christmas. America's got to get productive, got to get busy. Another holiday. Let's have it on the anniversary of the time he gave that big speech. Uh, could we have it on the anniversary of his death? That's, uh, you know, commemorate it. You know, I think, didn't we, something along those lines, maybe? Uh, I don't think that would be disrespectful. I mean, would it be a celebration? Well, you want to make it a celebration. Okay, so that probably wouldn't work. Uh, and by the way... I'm uh, more inclined to celebrate MLK than ever before. That beautiful line that the liberals, you know, the more the liberals don't like them, the more I like them, actually. You know, the liberals, they sneer at MLK. Remember that famous quote? The high have a dream speech. What do they say? I dream that one day my children will be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. Isn't that amazing? Who could argue with that? Well, the left can. <laughs> they don't like that. They want everything to be about race. They want everybody to be judged by the color of their skin, and negatively so, especially white people, because you know you've been uh, you've been associated with beneficiaries of all that uh, white supremacy, all that systemic racism, right? So now it's your turn, if you happen to be white, to take a step back and sit down and shut up. This is the sick ideology of the woke left. Martin Luther King had nothing to do with this nonsense. He is a very reasonable man compared to what they're pushing now. What they're pushing now is such a disgrace. God, and there, this, there's real money involved. There's real money involved. They're spending like crazy. It's basically a get-out-the-vote operation. You know they want to pave over the, what is it up there? the, 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 the Cross Bronx Expressway. They want to make the Cross Bronx Expressway a tunnel and make a park on top because of this ridiculous false theory that Robert Moses, the master builder, was somehow racist. Yeah, and this is what uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg read a book once in college, and it said that. So it must be true. Well, it's not true. It's not true. That guy did so much for America, for New York, Robert Moses, and everybody just walks all over him. Why? Because one guy wrote a book. And that book happens to be, at times, pretty good. I'm a big Robert Caro fan. I'm talking about the power broker, the master builder of New York, Robert Moses. Well, in that book, it says, well, you know when you're on the Southern State Parkway and those bridges are those bridges are beautiful. They're made out of stone, and they're just beautiful. I went through them a million times. 
There's one right next to the town I grew up in, Baldwin, New York. And you know what I'm talking about? The Right by the Nassau County Public Works garage, about a half block away, maybe a half mile away from King Cullen, Dairy Barn. There's that bridge. And it's a beautiful stone bridge. But did you know it's a racist bridge? Yes, it's a racist bridge. Bridges are racist. Bridges can be racist. How is a bridge racist? Well, a bridge is not racist, obviously. But maybe the person who designed the bridge is a racist? No. Again, it's a silly thing that came out in the 1970s. Oh, yes. Racism is everywhere, including in our bridges. Well, he basically built those bridges because they're pretty. (laughs) They're very beautiful bridges. And oh, by the way, what do we call the Southern State Parkway? It's a parkway, right? Parks, parkway, park. It's supposed to kind of be like the country, right? The Northern State Parkway is the same thing. It's much more pleasant than the Long Island Expressway. Straight down, federal highway, you know, point A to point B. Look at the parkways. They meander. I love taking the Southern State Parkway or the Belt Parkway to the Southern State Parkway. And it's, you really do kind of, at times, not all the time, but at times you can feel like you're on some sort of a country road. So these uh, bridges are racist because they are so low, they're built not high enough to accommodate buses. And that was a plot. Remember, a racist plot to keep people of color and their hideous buses away from the beach. No one ever questioned it. No one ever actually said, uh, is that true? I mean, how do you check that out? Well, you don't. Robert Cowher wrote the book. It's considered an ultimate classic. Every fake news reporter has it proudly displayed on their bookshelf to show that they're somehow not a fake news reporter, but some sort of intellectual. Oh, yes, I, uh, I have the power broker. It's right there on my bookshelf. Oh, yes, I did read it. Nobody has ever read that book. Nobody has ever read that book. They love to say they read it. Well, you probably read it, and I have actually read it. Hey, one of the fun facts in that book, Robert Moses, <laughs> um, barbers used to come to him. I think that's kind of cool. Barber, a barber, he wouldn't go to the barber shop. The barbers would come to him. Anyway, um, so if you actually look it up and say, you know what, I don't know if I buy that, that the bridges are racist and... And this was a racist plot to keep people of a color from coming on, coming out from the city into Long Island. And uh, lo and behold, I'm right. They're not racist. And you can look it up. You can look it up. Try to figure, try to find, and it's easy to do, the population demographically in New York, say in 1930. Okay? What did New York look like in terms of white people, black people, Hispanic people? You know how many black people lived in New York in 1930? Let me put it to you this way. There were, more, there were more black people living in the state of Maine than in New York. All right? It was an overwhelmingly white city. He wasn't plotting and scheming to keep black people who are not yet here out from going to the beach. But, hey... There's a virtue to be accumulated. There's money to hand out. And why do you hand out money? So you get the political payback. They used to talk, talk about walk-around money. Just hand, it's, it's disgusting. It's totally disgusting.
back to my book, by the way. This is that silly, stupid conversation about race to avoid, avoid having a serious one. Say ridiculous things like bridges are racist and you're going to shut up most of the people in the room because they probably haven't heard of that book, let alone read it. And then there's Pete Buttigieg. Oh, he's so good at books. He must know what he's talking about. I just I, 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 I'll just be quiet. I heard Joe uh, Biden speaking just a little while ago. It's the was it the National Action Network DC edition speaking at an MLK. Do we have the birthday party thing? <laughs> I I just came into the office and I heard a drunk guy singing Happy Birthday. That's what it sounded like to me. Oh, what the hell is this all about? And it's apparently it's Joe Biden singing Happy Birthday to. Martin Luther King. A little bit late, wouldn't we agree? All right, let me hear this, please. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, you sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> it's worse than I thought. He couldn't even get Martin Luther King. Dear Martin, happy birthday to you. What the hell was that all about? Was it to Martin Luther King or, or some person in the audience? Man, he couldn't get that name right, huh? I hear one. <laughs> just really bad. Play it one more time and keep the volume down a little bit because uh, we'll wait till the, that, that moment of truth. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. Oh, is that right? What an interesting tradition. Sing happy birthday. You ready? What a crazy tradition. You Bidens. You Biden family singing happy birthday to everybody. Here it comes. Happy birthday, dear Valen. Happy birthday to you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So inspiring. So embarrassing. Angry guy. And he's there yelling and screaming his head off about all the money. He's spending in the black community. You know, most people um, just don't like talking about race. It's just like, you know, but Joe, he feels entitled to talk about it. After all, here's a man who took on corn pop. Here's a man who got his start in the civil rights movement at Delaware State University. You know, that's a historically black college, don't you know? Historically, black colleges and universities, and Joe knows all about that. He's he's just been at it too long. All right, hey, skip all this crap. His presidency is in a nosedive. He just got caught in the ultimate hypocrisy and in the ultimate violation, according to the left, with all those secret documents all over his garage, all over his um, office, that phony no-show job office, and in his house. This weekend, on Saturday... They found five new pieces of classified material in his house. Did you hear that over the weekend? I actually did not. <laughs> it's the one kind of thing if you you blink, you miss it. it. It's a what? Yes, more documents were found in his house over the weekend. And they just try to make it seem like it was, well, that's all the other stuff. It's from the garage. It's from the other. And a couple more over here. What? A couple more over here. Now, I noticed that the Democrats are not rallying around Joe. The way they, um, well, the way the way they did Hakeem Jeffries just a couple of days ago, right? I think Joe has outlived his usefulness. They got to be looking at him and saying, you know, what do we need this decrepit idiot, possibly corrupt man for? Okay, he, <laughs> arguably, he beat Donald Trump. Arguably, 
I'll be on the other side of that argument, but arguably he beat Donald Trump. Is there something magic about Joe? Really, what is the talent? What is he good at? Uh, so I think they're asking themselves this question. And what's his name? Gavin Newsom is looking at himself in the mirror. Hey, I'm just as slim as Joe, and I'm a lot younger. How about me? How about you? How about you? It's probably his turn. He's next. Hey, how old is Gavin Newsom anyway? He's only, uh, he's getting, he's older than you might think, because he's been around. It's like a boy wonder. You know, he's been a boy wonder for so long, and all of a sudden you realize, uh, oh, he's not so young anymore. You know who made the mistake? Cory Booker. He was the, uh, he's 55 years old. Uh, well, that's fine. He, he became like the mayor of San Francisco when he was like 32 or something nonsense like that. And um, all right, so Joe is in a free fall. It may not seem like it, but keep your eye on it. And it's a totally, they're right. It's totally different, the case between Joe Biden and Donald Trump with the classified documents. Totally different in that what Trump did was justified and correct, as opposed to this most likely corrupt act. I found out today that Joe Biden went to Ukraine, and I can't believe I didn't know this, three days before he left office as vice president. Three days. This is after the so-called insurrection. Joe Biden went to Ukraine with three days left as vice president. Why did he do that? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, 800-972-8222. Oh, 848-9222. 800-848-9222. Anybody see MILF Manor? Oh, my goodness. Great. You think there's hope for America right now? I don't know. Uh, TLC, which we used to call the Learning Channel. The Learning Channel. It's a beautiful thing. You could learn things. You could learn things about geography, chemistry, uh, art, science. The Learning Channel is now running shows like MILF Manor. Yeah, and it is is what you think it is. It's a bunch of, uh, what, 40 and 50-something women ostensibly single, go to some resort. It's all reality TV nonsense. And they go and they um, they all say it rather enthusiastically how much they hunger for a younger man. And the whole show is about bringing younger men, you know, 20-something guys with the ripped stomachs up into uh, the MILF manor. And then the MILFs get to pick and choose or they go out on silly little dates. MILF manor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um this and um, uh, trans this and uh, LGBTQ that. And uh, it's just Pornhub everywhere. Uh, and where is God? God is everywhere. But are we looking to God? Are the people looking to God? You know, he has been so ignored in the public square. It's really tragic, actually. It's just tragic, and we were watching this crap. MILF, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a spoof. It had to be something from the the Onion or something like that. I don't even want to go into what MILF, it's an acronym, what it stands for. It's grotesque and obscene, but that's what our culture is now, right? That is what society is. And so help you if you start talking about the role that God plays in our lives and or maybe that Jesus saved you. You want to be called a Jesus freak? You want to be called a Bible thumper? You want to be called a holy roller? 
You want somebody to find out that maybe you haven't learned to live a perfect life and then somebody just might call you a hypocrite? All right, better not talk about God or Jesus. No, because you open yourself up to all kinds of vulnerabilities. Just sit there and watch the MILFs go after the young uh, studs. No, thank you. No, thank you. We have become so irreligious. And it's the one hope for everybody. I do believe. I speak from experience. A couple of years ago, I would have said, Milf Island, okay, yeah, let's sit. All right, you got my attention. <laughs> I think she's going to go with that guy. Oh, by the way, here's the, apparently there's a twist. They kept on teasing everybody. There's a real big twist in Milf Island. And I guess one of the twists is some young uh, guys are related to the women. They surprised the women. They brought in their sons. Oh, now it's getting interesting. Are you serious? You know, that's uh, that's it. And I do worry. I worry about my beautiful daughters. What kind of world? How am I going to shield them from all this stuff? And I guess you, it's everywhere. A one little step in the right direction. I deleted Instagram again from my phone. Looking at that stupid thing all the time. And fortunately, you know what? My phone broke last night. I had to go out and get a new one. What an adventure that was. Although the Apple Store, you know, the Apple Store, some of them are open 24 hours. Those guys are great. I had this guy, Norman, he helped me out. Uh, you, your whole life is in that phone, and you got the pictures, and you got the messages, and you got the mails, and you got all this stuff. But it's on the cloud. <laughs> oh, boy. That cloud. A cloud doesn't sound like the most secure area in the world, does it? I mean, no. It's, it's If somebody wants to get into your cloud, they can get into your cloud. All right. Who watched the Sunday shows? It doesn't feel like a Monday. It feels like an extended Sunday. This was not a traditional weekend. All right, more when we come back. There's the music. I like Senator Ron Johnson a lot, Republican of Wisconsin. I just think they need to send him to debate school, all right? Because he he makes a good point, and then he gets his ass beat by these guys. Even little, little, what's his name again? The one with the goatee. Sleepy Chuck, sleepy-eyed Chuck. Uh, Give me a call and uh, we'll go from here. All right. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, um, if you're watching TV today or the radio, try to listen for anybody saying, uh, playing a quote from the I Have a Dream speech, playing the actual audio of it. You know, we should be hearing a lot more Martin Luther King today, don't you think, right? You know why you don't hear him? Because somebody owns all of those speeches. And I think that somebody is known as the King family, the King descendants. Pardon me. And um, they will sue your ass if you start playing that sound. (laughs) They don't like it. They want to make money off of it. And that's one way I know you can get sued. Don't you think that's kind of like the property of everybody, right? The I have a dream speech. They, I mean, didn't he give it on public property? Don't we own that speech as a country? No, we don't. Somehow, the King Family Foundation does, 
And there's a lot of money to be made because here I am, you know, I've done this before. I've tried to like, okay, let's play the sound from that speech. No, you can't. It's a whole big federal case and you got to, you got to have rights and you got to have uh, money's got to change hands. And it's pretty ludicrous. Um, all right. Hey, Sunday shows real quick. Uh, some highlights. I like James Comer, Republican of Kentucky. Congressman, he's hot on the investigations and uh, he's a real common sense guy. Listen to this. Cut five, please. We want to know uh, the visitor logs to the residents. We want to know who had access uh, to the Biden Center for Diplomacy because uh, this is the same uh, type of uh, investigation that the Democrats were so outraged and, and launched and demanded happen to, to President Trump. What we see with President Biden is there are multiple locations. Uh, we would never have known about the possession of the classified documents were it not for investigative reporting by CBS that uh, somehow uh, got a leak to determine that this had happened prior to the election. So the administration hasn't been transparent about what's going on with President Biden's uh, possession of classified documents, and uh, we just want equal treatment here uh, with respect to how both uh, former President Trump and current President Biden <laughs> are being treated with uh, with the document issue. Uh, that's right. Send in the FBI. I mean, seriously, send in the FBI. I don't think you should have sent in the FBI, obviously, for Donald Trump. You know what this is? This is the swamp. This is the deep state saying we are in charge, the men and women of the intelligence community. You can't question us. You can't say anything bad about us. We are in charge. Um, no, you're not. Oh, did you see on my Friday show? I, I put this uh, thing together. Donald Trump goes to the Central Intelligence Agency on his first day in office, first full day in office. And he goes there and he says, I love you. You are the best. We're going to do amazing things together. Nobody but nobody has your back like Donald Trump. Nobody. It was so powerful, so sincere. His first day, full day as president, and he goes to the Central Intelligence Agency to say, you guys are great. I respect you. In fact, I love you. Let's work together and do great things for the country. You have my backing. You know what the intelligence community did? They screwed him six ways from Sunday. Right, right, Chuck? They didn't like him. They were angry at him. So they worked to undermine him. And this whole thing, you know these documents, give me a break documents. I told you I was in the military, right? It classified everything. Every The weather report was classified for crying out loud. It's done. This was a trap and it just might be a trap to get Joe Biden as well. Now this guy deserves to go down. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it's, it is totally different from Trump in that Trump had a, well, a compound protected by the Secret Service and he had authority under the Presidential Records Act of 1978 to declassify whatever the hell he wanted it and keep whatever the hell he wanted to. And somebody's got to bring in the National Archives and say, enough with you people. Can you imagine uh, your high school librarian calling the cops every 10 minutes, getting involved in all the, uh, every matter? Just shut up and run the library. I mean, you know, librarians are great, but let's get real here. You, you, the archivist of the United States is in touch with the Justice Department and the FBI. I mean, it's too it's it's a bureaucracy out of control. And listen carefully, Democrats though. Democrats are not rallying behind Joe. I mean, there's a little of it, but you can you can if you watch carefully, there are little holes, little little breaks. Here's Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff on the uh, Stephanopoulos show. Cut 6, please. Cut 6. 
in the case of the Trump documents, you said it was the right move. Do you feel the same way about this special counsel? I do think it's the right move. Uh, the attorney general has to make sure that not only is justice evenly applied, but the appearances of justice are also uh, uh, satisfactory to the public. And here, I don't think he had any choice but to appoint a special counsel. Uh, and I think that special counsel will, will do the proper assessment. Uh, I still would like to see Congress do its own assessment of uh, and receive an assessment from the intelligence community of whether there was an exposure to others of these documents, whether it was harm to national security in the case of either set of documents with either president. Uh, but yes, I think the uh, special counsel was appropriately appointed. See? Right there. Well, we have to do an assessment to see if uh, national security was damaged. This means to me that they're done with Joe. Like, enough with this guy. What do we need with him? What do we need? Chris Christie, I'm no fan, but um, it's pretty smooth on that Stephanopoulos show. And he's got some good insight, except for the one where he can be president someday. That ain't going to happen, Chris. You can say it's, it's uh, pick your reason, Bridgegate or uh, the time you went to the beach. Remember that? Nobody else could go. Still, he's a smart guy to some extent. And he knows the lay of the land. Chris Christie on the same TV show. Cut seven, please. If you substituted President Trump for President Biden in the Biden situation, there would be lots of people on the Democratic side who would be jumping to the conclusion that Trump knew it, directed it, and should be held responsible for it. But I don't hear that about Biden now. And here's the problem. The problem is... He withheld this from the American people for six days prior to a, president, a midterm election, and I don't know why and who made that decision. Not bad, Chris. Not bad at all. And then here's that guy I was telling you about. I wish they sent him to debate school. He's pretty good, but the moment you push him, he gets lost. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, cut nine. Senator, do you think that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody... Explain, it is not a crime to make money off your last name. So, Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley, oh, I certainly let me just stop you there. Potential. This is about $30,000. About $30,000. I mean, it, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, is it a crime to be uh, soliciting and purchasing uh, prostitution in potentially European sex trafficking operations? Is that a crime? Because Chuck Grass and I laid out about $30,000 uh, paid by Hunter Biden to uh, those types of, of individuals over uh, December 2018, 2019, about $30,000. is about the same time that President Biden uh, offered to pay about $100,000 of Hunter Biden's bills. Not bad, not bad. Not bad at all. It's not a crime, though. It's not a crime. That's, that's how we judge our leaders. That's how we judge everybody, whether it's a crime or not. Right? If you can't be arrested for it, then go do it. The complicit media. And then here he, he and this is, this is where President, uh, I'm sorry, Senator Johnson just um, needs to go to that debate school. Cut 10, please. Your Senate Democrats want to investigate Jared Kushner's uh, loan from the Qatari government when he was working in the government negotiating uh, many things in the Middle East. Are you not as concerned about th Are you not concerned about that? And I say that because it seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. 
I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals, target individuals. <laughs> I you target don't? You're targeting Hunter Biden my, my, my multiple concern, times my on this show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, my, my concern, my, my, you know, Chuck. You know, par part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. You know, I'm just trying to lay out the facts that certainly Senator Grassley and I uncovered. They were suppressed. They were censored. They interfered in the 2020 election. Conservatives understand that. Unfortunately, liberals in the media don't. And that's part of the things yeah. that uh, part, part of the reasons our politics are inflamed is we do not have an unbiased uh, media. We don't. It's unfortunate. I'm all for a free press. Well, it needs Senator to be more unbiased. Excellent. That was pretty good, too. But he should have had a better answer about the Jared Kushner thing. So I'll take it from here. Jared Kushner was an international businessman taking big loans and making payments on big loans before we ever even met Donald Trump, before we ever even met Ivanka Trump. This is what this guy does. And he, can, he, he can get a loan. You know why? Because he can put up collateral. The guy owns 666 Fifth Avenue, a billion-dollar building, or at least he did for a time. This is a world to which he is quite familiar. Hunter Biden, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> what expertise did he have? Did he ever own anything? Did he ever own a billion-dollar building on his own? Did he have any skill? No. Unfortunately for him, it went off the rails a long time ago. Uh, he was addicted to crack and hookers. And had no assets other than that name. Oh, but that's not illegal. Hmm? Now, let me see about this. Ron Wyden, the Oregon Democrat. Who, uh, skip that. I'm going to go into a bit. Uh, well, yeah, actually, here it is. Ron Wyden is an Oregon Democrat, leads the finance committee, has given the chief executive of Toronto-based Brookfield Asset Management, excuse me, until 24 October to answer a series of detailed questions about a 2018 deal in which Brookfield paid Kushner Companies a 99-year lease on the family's marquee, 666 Fifth Avenue Park. This kind of complex financial stuff happens all the time. And it wasn't to Jared Kushner personally. Kushner Properties, that's a huge, huge outfit. All right, let's do the phone for a moment. Uh, why aren't the phones on this list? They're only on this list. Is there a problem there? All right, all right. So let's try, uh, is, there, is that guy's name Damien down there? Is that guy Damien? I see Damien on line seven. Put that put that person on the phone, please. Hello? Hello? You're on the air. You know, you call the radio station and you don't say anything and you're on the phone. You can get in trouble for that. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Hello? What, are you just going to call and laugh? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Speak. Oh, great. Hey, they won't sell Hey, they won't sell your book at the bookstore in uh, Bergen County. And in, the, the salesman's name is Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> cute. Yeah, cute. Hey, I've, I've done Baba Booey on my own show. <laughs> Brian, let's try Brian on WABC. Brian, hello. Are you up there? Yes, hi. Patricia, Brian, Brian, Patricia. What's going oh, on? Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Greg. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, here's two things real quick. One of, one of the documents that they found was about Ukraine. Yeah. Now, Zelensky showed up a week or so after they found it. 
The question in my mind is, did he come to give a bag of cash to the Biden crime family to get arms? Or did he get a bag of cash from the Biden crime family to keep their mouth shut? Well, look, I would not put anything past the Bidens. Zelensky seems like a um, somewhat of a clean-cut, straight-shooting kind of a guy. I don't know if I blame him, but there are a lot of other fiefdoms in Ukraine you can do business with, including the one that employed Hunter. So the thing is so – it stinks. It stinks. You're right. One of the documents was about – at least one of the documents was about Ukraine, Iran, U.K., and, yeah, that's when Zelensky came over and didn't even bother to put on a T-shirt. Remember that? Didn't even p- bother to put on a necktie. Very disrespectful. Uh, who's this? Nathan Gould or Gould? What line is that? Why aren't these things? Why are these things showing up so weird? All right. Well, anyway, put that person on the phone. Greg? Uh, yes, hi. Yeah, hi, Nathan. I just wanted to make a comparison between the Trump and Biden thing. It's my understanding that the FBI wouldn't even allow any of Trump's lawyers to be present in the building during the entire search of eight hours or so. They had to stay outside. And Biden, the only one searching, I think, for his stuff is his personal lawyers. You know what? What a great point. You're right about that. Christina, Bob, and the other lawyers, they made him wait outside well, these guys ransacked the place, going through Melania's personal things. The swamp, the swamp, the swamp, the swamp. This is an inside job. This is bad, really bad. I can't believe I used to dream one day. Maybe I could go to Congress and try to make the country a better place. It all stinks. Thanks for reminding me. Um, you're right about that, the lawyers. Who are these lawyers who are going through looking for Joe's stuff? Why does he have all these lawyers? Lawyers in Washington, D.C. cost $1,200 an hour. Why did he bring them in in the first place to clean out the office on November 2nd? Who was accessing that office in the intervening two years, not to mention the previous four years where it was wide open and nobody was guarding that other than maybe one security guard downstairs? Also in that building was a, I think I told you, a, a steakhouse, a rental car place. Uh, a P.F. Chang's, a garden salad hut, you name it. This is thank you, pal, uh, very much. I got to find I got to there's an email and some documentation about that as well. Uh, thank you. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at prioritygoldguide.com that's prioritygoldguide.com greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network man it really does seem like a weird day right martin luther king day holiday yet there's no martin luther king speeches there's no martin luther king events well there are events but it has very little to do with martin luther king And that's because the left, they don't like Martin Luther King. They don't. Remember, it used to be conservatives who were mumbling and grumbling about the MLK holiday. 
I think he's great. Judge people by the content of their character, not of the color of their skin. What's not to love? Well, a lot of people don't like that message. A lot of people on the left. A lot of people on the left. But in honor of uh, MLK Day, (laughs) Joe Biden sang happy birthday to the, isn't that a little silly, by the way? He's dead how many years? 55 years. And Joe decides to sing happy birthday to him. Is that what he did? I don't think that's, uh, I, I see that all the time on Instagram and Facebook, you know. Happy birthday to George Washington, who would have been 306 years old on this day. I mean, come on. You know, like as if he was taken way too soon. But all right, we have the we have the happy birthday moment, right? All right, go for it, please. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. Happy birthday to you. Hey, dear Martin Luther King. Happy birth. What the dear? He really did sound kind of drunk. Drunk with power. And by the way, tries to make everything, everything that they do, like some sort of like, oh, wow, what interesting family lore. Isn't that what a unique in my family? On the eve of St. Patrick's Day, we would all gather and uh, pound and mead the ingredients for our beloved Irish soda bread. In my family, we sing happy birthday to each other on the birthday. How unique, how interesting, how lame and weird, how lame and weird, just like his presidency. And apparently he's in a little bit of panic mode, throwing a tantrum all over the place. Because uh, it's about to bust wide open. I will not be paying any attention or giving any credit to Eric Adams for going to the border. Congratulations. It's show business. I'm like, oh, gosh. It is show business. It just doesn't matter. It's a stunt. Everything. Every, it's just a stunt. And he's got a lot of people fooled. A lot of people fooled. People who should know better. Oh, wow. He's saying all the right things. You know. America has become a country not about what you do, but about what you say. And I don't mean that in a complimentary way. America used to be about what you do. It's one of the reasons why Donald Trump never fit in. Guy actually got things done. A big building. That's more than any of these guys down there can ever claim. Any of them. Well, wait a second. I passed the appropriations bill. Shut up. We're not talking about that. Talking about actually... The mechanics of life, the mecha- accomplishment. Uh, all right, happy Martin Luther King Day, I guess. Uh, Joe is in Huntington, yes. Hi, Greg, how are you? What's up? Yeah, uh, I have a question. The question is, was Martin Luther King's speech a sermon or a speech? I don't know. What difference does it make? Well, a sermon should be able to be, like you said, you know, give you allow people to hear it. Uh, well, yeah. Look, I told you, the Martin Luther King Family Foundation owns that footage. And they keep it and they hoard it because I do believe, it seems to me like they're kind of greedy. 
And they've been milking this thing. They've been milking MLK. Can you believe that one? MLK, milk kind of goes together. No disrespect to the man himself, but the family? Come on. We should be hearing that speech. It's a great message. But the left doesn't like... They don't like equality. They like equity, which is a very funny, corrupt word. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We have a uh, a new tradition, a new thing. It's called the play date. We used to go out when I was a kid and we'd go out and play. Uh, we didn't have play dates. Uh, but play dates are kind of nice. They're, I have no problem with the play date. It's uh, it's a fine thing. You know, look, let's face it. When you're, uh, when you're a parent, you're like, really, you're starved for things to do with the kids. You know, you just, you got to like, oh, God, you got to keep them amused all the time. You kind of have to keep them a little bit out of your hair. So we had some kid from... Um, my daughter's school come over this weekend, and uh, they had they had a blast. I mean, listen to this. Listen to the joy. I got this is 13 seconds of these two. I have no idea why they're laughing, what amused them so, but they had something going on. Are you ready for this? Okay, here we go. They were just la- they were just so tickled. They're just I took they were just standing there and laughing. No idea over what. I don't. They must have some baby talk thing going. Uh just wonderful. Uh so one's gonna be three, the other one's one, and now that's going well. It is exhausting, let's face it. It's exhausting. And then I find that it makes me productive more so when I'm not around them, because you really gotta maximize your time. What else? And no, another little joyful thing. Uh, watched a movie with one of them. They're finally old enough for that. Watch, well, I watched with two. One was offering running commentary. Annalise, we watched Cinderella. And I think it's a very helpful little uh, tale because I can keep saying, you don't want to be like those evil stepsisters. See how they're not nice to Cinderella? You don't want to be like that with your sister, Madeline, right? Right, right. Ooh, and I had to give her a really good talking to. I mean, real. I, she pushed her sister not Cinderella, but you know the real my my daughter pushed her sister, her little, and I had to bring her into the other room, and I gave her a very big scolding, and I think she got the message, and then she went in. She said, "Sorry, Annalise. Sorry, sorry, Madeline." Those kinds of things are uh, look. You try to do the best you can. You know, you do the best you can. Hope for the best. Pray for the best. And uh, that's that. Hey, one thing. Let's not give the fake news too much credit. I know they're starting to ask some, they're asking some really tough questions. Well, yes and no. All right, there's blood in the water. I mean, a third grader can understand. My daughters could understand that Joe is in hot water on this one. Everybody can see it. You really, I mean, you can't not ask about this. And I'll remind you that those who are asking about this still I've not asked about the laptop. The laptop is a thousand percent bona fide, genuine. Uh, it's Hunter Biden's. We all know it from the New York Times to CBS to the L.A. Times. They all have Washington Post. It is. It's the real deal. But they don't ask Joe Biden about it. And they don't ask those 51 intelligence officials, 50 former intelligence officials say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Him and his good friend, Rudy Rudy Giuliani, remember that in the debate? Remember? 
He lied to 50 million people, right to our faces. And he's lying about this. He's lying about this. Now, Carl Rove, oh boy, what a, just another swamp guy. And he's always popping up on Fox News, sometimes on the radio. It's good to check in with what these guys are thinking because you can see which way things are going when these establishment figures get up and say stuff. So here's Carl Rove on the whole laptop, uh, I'm sorry, on the document situation with Joe Biden. Cut 23, please. Cut 23. I read this morning, CBS knew about this last fall, and they asked the White House about it uh, pretty close to the time that the president was notified about it, and they got no answers. So one of the things that the media are dealing with here is, is that they, they recognize it's a real story and they have been stiff armed by the White House. I don't think it does any good at all for the White House press secretary to handle their press corps like she's handling it there. She either ought to say, I'm not going to comment on it, but somebody else will. Or she ought to comment on it because they, they, these do involve the actions of the president and she is the official press secretary for the president of the United States. How did he characterize President Trump? taking documents to Mar-a-Lago. And in that, inter- in their, in that September interview with Scott Pelley uh, of 60 Minutes, he goes out of his way to take a two-by-four to Trump. He would have been better, even if he, even if he you know, didn't, I mean, at that point, he didn't par- apparently remember that he had classified documents. But, but he should have said, you know what, that's in the hands of the Department of Justice. Exactly. I'm going to leave it alone. But the political in him, the political analyst in him said, I've got to take a two-by-four two to President Trump. Big mistake. We're going to see that piece of footage time and time again as this drama plays out. Well, yep. You know, for a jerky guy, that's not bad analysis. That's not bad analysis in that moment. That just, I think, it's the end of his presidency. He lost whatever moral authority. Now, Joe has no moral authority. But with a straight face, he could look at people and convince, you know, whatever, a third of the country, Donald Trump's an animal and I have integrity. He's still trying this, by the way. He shows up at the MLK event, you know, where he butchered the happy birthday song. And he says, uh, we have a choice right now. We're at an inflection point. Uh, Democracy or insurrection? Um, love over white supremacy, that kind of thing, right? As if we're just a bunch of white supremacist insurrectionists, right? That's what he thinks about. I'm ultra MAGA. I love MAGA. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white supremacist insurrectionist, right? Yeah. But strangely enough, maybe that strategy has worked. Because there are fewer and fewer and fewer people, I think, willing to stand up for Trump, willing to stand up for the Constitution, willing to stand up against this woke stuff. Oh, Speaking of which, Oxford University, they have this really uh, fancy debate society, and they have guys come in and talk about issues, and for whatever reason, they wear tuxedo, (laughs) Uh, and they debate the issues. Here's this one guy. I don't know who he is, but he's very bright, and he's one of those guys. It's not just that he's speaking with a slight British accent. He's just brilliant, but it's also there's very common sense. It's his critique of the woke ideology. Uh, I had to cut this out because he says a lot of dirty words. But basically, he says this. When it comes to climate change, um, you know, big countries like ours, we're not the we're not the offenders. We're not the ones making the world dirtier. It's China and India. And those countries ain't going to stop <laughs> because they have so much poverty and they want to people who are in poverty want to get out of poverty. And the last thing on their mind is climate change. 
They just want to get ahead in the world. Literally, some of them just want to be able to go to the bathroom inside, indoors. Guy says in Russia, did you know in Russia, uh, 20% of the population still has to use an outhouse? <laughs> wow. All right, here's this, here's this guy over at the Oxford Union, I think it's called. Go ahead. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want, prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> and for nine months, we talked about what our boy would look like, what he might do when he grows up. We looked at baby scans and videos on YouTube about what the fetus looks like at nine months and 12 months and 20 months. And eventually he was born. And he is this cute little bundle of joy. He's cuter than about 80% of puppies. Right. Now, if you said to me that I had a choice, either my son had a serious risk of starving or dying from a preventable disease in the next year, or I could press a button and he would live. He would go to school. He would bring his first girlfriend home. He'd go to university and graduate and become a woke idiot. And then he'd get a job and get married and have children and become a man. But all I have to do is press this button. And for every day of my son's life, a giant plume of CO2 is going to re get released into the atmosphere. Now, you're all very young, and most of you are not parents. Let me tell you something. There is not a parent in the world who would not smash that button so hard their hand bled. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change, and that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean, but also cheap. And the, no, thank you. And the only, I, I want everyone to get home on time today, which is not going to happen. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it's trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. Thank you very much. Wow. Good for him. That's Constantine Kissin.
That's a very, very good, very good. Uh, let's see here. He's from Russia originally. Uh, what else do we know? He's a satirist. They call him a satirist. And I just thought that was great stuff. Did you like it? Um, good. Good for you. And, uh, boy, they got leaders like that. And who do we have here again? <laughs> Who's running? <laughs> Where's the birthday boy one more time? Cut 25. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. <laughs> when somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valen. Happy birthday to you. I'm right. I mean, it seems like. (laughs) Oh, by the way, that reminds me. There's a picture of Joe Biden that came out just before the election. Uh, It was on Twitter. I retweeted it, I think, a couple of times of, of Joe. It's obviously a Photoshop deal of Joe sitting in the basement with his tongue hanging out about five inches. Right. I mean, like they, it's, they Photoshop the tongue, try to make him look like a, a weirdo, the weirdo that he is, but actually emphasizing the tongue. And Shifty Schiff, Adam Schiff, who was a sitting member of Congress, his staff pressures Twitter to take that down. To take that down. To, so I can't see it. You can't see it. I can't tweet it. That is the state messing with our freedoms. And it's bad. And Shifty Shift got caught. And he's in big trouble, too. God bless the Republicans. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, my book is doing quite well. Number one, two, and three. Kindle hardcover and audio on the bestseller list in Amazon under law enforcement. Okay, granted, that's a bit of a niche group, but uh, I'm getting other metrics here, and it looks like we are making serious inroads. Uh, And here are some reviews. This is my book. Once again, thank you for buying it. If you have, if you're thinking about it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I mean, just listen to these people, What what, what the folks are saying about my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. You ready? Uh, let's see. This is from MW. And these are legitimate reviews. This is not, they've got all kinds of safeguards. So, you know, I can't get all my cousins and people, you know, writing rave reviews for the hell of it. These are, these are real reviews. An excellent read, a brave and truthful point of view about how the political narrative of defunding the police and poor leadership is dividing and undermining our current state of law enforcement. Thank you, Greg Kelly. Well, thank you, MW. Let's see here. Uh, excellent book. Everyone should read now. We need more books like this in schools and not books that teach kids to hate one another. That's from Eminem. Well, thank you, Eminem. This is from Marie. One of the best written books. Hard to put down. Learn more than I want to know. I would recommend 100%. And then Kathleen writes, meet the elephant in the room. Great read about the intentional destruction of America with lies and lawlessness. At this point, there is not a man or woman who can save this country. Only turning back to our founding, the real history not fabricated by the left, i.e. 1619. And our founding was based on God and God's laws. They want fascism and the brown coat national police force that come with it. Wake up, America. Wow. Well, these uh, these great readers, they understand it. They get it. 
Very, very impressive. Good stuff. And I could go on like that, but I don't want to be obnoxious. Uh, Have I been obnoxious already? Hey, what can I tell you? I need to sell this book. It's an important book. Uh, The left does not want... You know, I'm not getting too many breaks from the... uh, from the liberal media, all right? This is the kind of book they they know all about it, trust me. And a book like this from Simon & Schuster, that gets the attention of the industry. But they don't want to facilitate it. They don't want to review it. They won't have me on uh, the Today Show to sit down with Jenna Bush, who I am told is the new queen of publishing. She's the new Oprah, right? Sitting down with Jenna uh, thanks anyway, by the way. <laughs> I, I do. You know what show I would like to actually go on? The CBS Morning Show. I'd like to uh, mix it up with Nate and Gail and uh, Tony. I think that might be interesting. Uh, well, thank you for your support. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement is available all over the place. And look, if I'm going to be the next Bill O'Reilly, we got to make this thing happen. And I appreciate it. I so appreciate it. Uh, There is a hell of a lot of truth in here that you can't get in other places. And again, the big thing, one of them, it's an honest conversation about race, which must happen. You know, what do they say? Be the change you want. Just be the change. And I wasn't hearing enough truth. I wasn't hearing the awkward facts about uh, the race situation in America. And so screw it. I mean, Barack Obama, at one point you were going to talk about it. And then I see the left doesn't want to talk about it, so that that leaves it to me. Little old Greg Kelly at WABC Radio and Newsmax to say the things that you guys are afraid to say because you might antagonize Jesse Jackson and his friends. It's too bad. Too bad you gave up on us. Too bad you gave up on all those black children, Barack Obama. They could use your help. Instead, you're all about yourself and the private jets and another stupid mansion in Hawaii. And Netflix documentaries and stupid books that no one's going to read. But they put it on their table to show off. It's all virtue signaling and nuts and you know what about... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the things we're looking at for tonight, um, (laughs) Joe Biden, one of his homes, one of his homes, at one point he had one, two, three, four homes, four homes for Joe Biden, government salary man, Scranton Joe, four homes. Well, one of those homes, the one his... uh, he was living in primarily up until the White House is in Greenvale, Delaware, a suburb of Wilmington. But apparently, uh, he had an interesting arrangement with Hunter, who was paying Joe fifty thousand dollars a month for rent. That's um, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. Excuse me, try to check everything out. Well, let's go through that. a month for a house in Delaware. I don't care how big the house is. That's $600,000 a year. 
No wonder why Hunter was going crazy. <laughs> Had to pay his father for that house? What the hell kind of thing was that all about? This is the same house from which Joe Biden campaigned for the presidency. I'd like to see the deed. I'd like to see the lease. I think it's all about to come crashing down for Uncle Joe. What do you think? You know? And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He totally, totally, totally deserves all of this. Yeah. Democrats have lost the taste. They don't have the gusto to defend this crap anymore. Let's see here. We don't want to turn it into uh, Jamie Raskin. Remember the guy who was driving the uh, the impeachment nonsense? Uh, screw him. Who needs it? It's January 16th. How are your New Year's resolutions going? How are they going? I heard this guy today. Very, very interesting guy. Professor from Georgetown. And he talks about something called slow productivity and getting rid of all the extraneous things in your life and... He doesn't do social media, and he has more time to focus on the important stuff. So many of us feel so busy on the little things. It's some You can feel productive, but you're actually not making headway. So interesting stuff. And he said he had this whole life mission statement all set up. You know, what his values are and, uh, you know, what he's working toward. And, and good for him to a point because I know that I actually don't have such a document. Well, I... Let me take that back. God, family, health, job. Those are my four priorities that are listed, right? Serving God, serving my family. Got to stay healthy for everybody. And, of course, work. I think my employer deserves it, deserves my all. They give, you know what I mean? And no matter what the hell the job is. But he had it all written out. And I don't know if I... (laughs) want to write it out when it's already been written for all of us the bible it's all there it really is and you think uh, it's all pie in the sky and you know what are they really talking about try try tackling the proverbs go into the proverbs it's pretty black and white <laughs> it's all kinds of practical stuff today they're warning about drinking too much actually And today also I saw, you know, what can happen, temper, the company you keep, very practical affairs. And it's it's written in such a way, I'm told, that this is on purpose, this is by design, it's on the complex side, and it's not like you can just read it once and master it and then you're done. No, you got to keep going back to it. And I think it's very enriching. It's certainly better than any mission statement I could come up with or you could come up with, quite frankly, anybody could come up with. And then why would we rely on it ourselves? I can't, I mean, I can't be anything. I can't do anything without the big guy, without him, capital H. So, uh, and remember to not beat yourself up about these uh, New Year's resolutions. Heck, I'm eating a peach cobbler right now in honor of Martin Luther King. Apparently, this was his favorite dessert, and we got a whole big vat of Mart of uh, of uh, peach cobbler right down the hall. Man, this stuff is fantastic. This guy had an exquisite taste in the food department. Sandra in New Jersey, hello. Oh, welcome back, Greg. Um, I I wanted to ask you. Well, I, I'm so I, I'm starting your book. I'm getting into it. I love it. 
and, and you speak about lower crime is the way to tackle the bigger problems. You know, first tackling the small crimes. Am I, did I read that correctly? Yes, that's true. Yes, it's a uh, it's part of the broken windows uh, idea, and uh, very much so. Yes. So I was driving home Saturday from the city, and I'm approaching the George Washington Bridge, and there's like a fork. You can either go in the lower or the upper. I know that and fork very much. It's very nerve-inducing, right? It's like there's something about that fork that gets me very, very nervous, but keep going. Okay, so there, there, are, there are panhandlers there all the time, and they don't usually bother me because they don't get like the squeaky guys that get angry like you describe in your book if they don't get their way, but they're still there, and you have to be careful not to hit them when you're driving because you want to get on your side, but this time I saw something so disturbing. I, I'll tell you what I saw. Two of them were together, these two men, and I think they had their signs, and then all of a sudden I couldn't go further because they were in front of my car, and the next thing me and my friend see, one man took the other man and actually threw him into the barricades, like the metal part that divides the two sides, and there's like, you know, a lot of shrubbery inside. He threw him in there, and his body was so... I guess drunk or drugged or something because he threw him in there. He was so pliable. He went in there and and you couldn't see him get up. So that was very scary. What we witnessed, like this guy trying to get rid of this other guy, which he did. He put him in between those two uh, barriers. So my friend called nine one one. They asked us to describe what are they wearing, and I and we said, you know, dirty kind of clothes. You know, nothing fancy. And and they asked all sorts of questions. I was very impressed because the police department called us after that, and they exactly wanted to know where. And you, like you know, they realized, too, okay, we know where they are. So that man, I hope he didn't die, Greg, but that was disturbing. Hey, listen, I love, I love what you did. I, I, I've done the same exact thing, calling 911 because the guy was, uh, you know, it's, real, it's really dangerous. He was a threat to himself. He could have died out there. I've seen those guys. I've done that before. And just like you, I'm impressed by their professionalism and thoroughness, the thoroughness of the 911 operators. They are, they're really good, and they're always calm, and they're, I know, once in a blue moon, they release some, uh, you know, some one, you know, somebody being a jerk on the 911 call, usually in the state of Wisconsin, nowhere close to here. But it's great stuff. They're good, and um, it's all about helping people. I like what you did. Um and, you know, by the way, they didn't call you back to let you know what happened. They don't do that, I noticed. They don't really, unless they need you for something. Did they call you back to let you know how the story ended? No. They yeah, didn't. they don't do that. That's okay. That. That's okay. I, I, they got other things to do. And, and uh, yes, I have, I, I've done that before where somebody, you know, someone is about to uh, freeze to death or whatever. Yeah, that's what they're there for. And you give them a call. Nice job, uh, Sandra. And thank you for the book. Thank you for buying the book. I appreciate it very much. Say hello to your brother. Uh, let's go with uh, John in Staten Island. Hey, Greg. Um, I was going to mention when uh, Byron, the the uh, congressman from Florida, was put up there. Donald's, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was funny. It's not even funny. It should be addressed, and hopefully you can look it up. But I believe it was uh, Joyce Reed or somebody called him a white supremacist. Larry Elder ran for governor, 
and he called him a white supremacist. How yeah. To his some... face, by the way, to his face. That yeah. white woman gets up there and calls him a white supremacist to his face. So ludicrous. Just a ludicrous. Uh... Anyway, what? That could be violence not allowed in the uh, Democratic Congressional Caucus, the Black Congressional Caucus. And the uh, Spanish girl was not invited to the Democrat Spanish Caucus. I mean, that has to be addressed that these guys are just out and out liars. And, uh, they, you know, that, that, that should be disbanded if they're not going to let everybody in. They, you know what? Maybe it should be disbanded, period. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like a, the Congressional Black Caucus. Can you imagine the Congressional White Caucus? Are we to assume that everybody in the Congressional Black Caucus will think alike? Well, obviously, you know, no. I mean, that's kind of a, yeah, I think that's an antiquated thing, and they should throw it out, the Congressional. However, one little coda to this. In my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, I point out that it was the Congressional Black Caucus that pushed the Nixon administration. Charlie Rangel was leading the cause, congressman from Harlem, for a robust and sustained and very tough war on drugs. There was a push around that time to legalize narcotics. And Charlie Rangel, who I like a lot, was uh, saying this can't happen. We need aggressive law enforcement, and uh, we can't legalize it. And a lot of conservatives, including William F. Buckley, was saying we should legalize it. And uh, I think that would have uh, been a very bad thing. So it's funny, you know, because they... they some have said that the war on drugs was a genocidal campaign against black people. It's just they don't know what the hell they're talking about, like most people who are talking. John, I appreciate it very much, like most people who are, uh, hey, it, what's going to happen about uh, George Santos is at this point? I mean, at this point, he's on track. In a couple of years, he will have told as many lies as Joe Biden did in his first Senate term. All right. He's got a ways to go. But he's getting there. Cut 11. This is George Santos, a Republican, newly elected member of Congress who they're, uh, you know, they're busting his chops about everything. Cut 11, please. Cut 11. George Santos running against Tom Swanson. Now, wait a second. I didn't want to hear Sid. I wanted to hear George Santos. Is it is George Santos there? All right, good. Congressional district coming up next Tuesday. Hey, you know, it's funny, George. You go right to the heart here of me, Sid and Bernie. At the very end of your biography, it says, in his spare time, George Anthony enjoys volleyball and tennis. Let me tell you why that's funny. You're on this show. Bernie's daughter, Melanie, was a star volleyball player in college. And my daughter, Ava, as we speak, is working on a tennis scholarship when she goes to college. So the two sports that you seem to enjoy on the weekends are the same two sports our two daughters excelling. You know, it's funny. I actually went to school on a, on a volleyball scholarship. You did? And huh? I did, yeah. Um, when I was in Baruch, we were the number one volleyball Did you graduate team, from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. So did I. Oh, very cool. So, great school. Great institution. Stop. Very liberal, Stop. Very so this is, uh, this is two years ago. This is not yesterday morning. Somehow I thought this was more recent. So this is 2020 because he's, he's already acknowledged he didn't graduate from Baruch. I think I could have sniffed it out if I were interviewing him, but uh, keep going, please. So did I. Oh, very cool. So, great school, great institution. Very yes. liberal, but very good, 
very good professors who don't show their bias, which is which is very uh, interesting. But that's a whole other conversation. But it's funny that we went to we went to, to play against Harvard, Yale, and we slay them. <laughs> we, <laughs> them. we were champions across the entire Northeast corridor. Every school that came up against us, they were shaking at the time. And it's funny, I was the smallest guy, and I'm six two. We had on our block, on our on our uh, on our block alone, there were six seven, six eight. These guys weren't jumping; they were just stretching their arms up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we were animal. All of us should have been playing basketball, but we chose volleyball because it was easier. <laughs> so it was a it was a great time. Uh, I look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice knee replacements uh, knee replacements from oh, wow. HSS playing volleyball. That's how serious I took the game. All right, I'm not saying I'm the uh, sleuth of the century, but I will say this. I was sitting there because I didn't – Baruch doesn't play Harvard. They, they're they in, literally in different leagues. That would have jumped out at me. That would have definitely jumped out at me. I'm like, wait a – no, 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 no. And I'm here I am. So I go to the home of the Baruch uh, College Athletics page. And I'm going through, you can find all this stuff. They played St. Francis College. They played Johnson and Wales University. They played the University of uh, California, Santa Cruz. Oh, wait a second. They played MIT. That's a, hmm. Well, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's keep going. New Jersey City University, NYU, Bard College, Regis College, SUNY New Paltz, Juval College, Alvernia University, John Jay College, Lehman College, St. Joseph's College, Medgar Evers College, Trine University. Is that a school? CCNY, York College, Purchase College, the Wentworth Institute of Technology, Concordia University, Hunter College, Brooklyn College, Springfield College, Ramapo College, Randolph-Macon College. Yeah, they didn't play Harvard and they didn't play Yale. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I mean, remember, this doesn't compare in the slightest to the crap that Joe Biden was pushing. To the sl- <laughs> His lies were ten to- 100 times worse than this. So even though I would have uh, busted this guy three years ago, um, I'm all for letting bygones be bygones. He said he's sorry. And now all those um, county guys in NASA are acting like such snobs. What's that guy's name? Cairo? And the other one, Congressman Esposito? Lighten up and take a good look at Joe and maybe yourselves. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I have a mm, sneaking suspicion that the decline of society and culture in general, it's kind of directly related or something's going on at the same time. People are getting tattoos. Ordinary people getting tattoos. Women getting tattoos. Remember, for a long time, the only people who got tattoos, you know, there were like three perfect a boxer, a longshoreman, or, you know, somebody in the Navy. That's it. Uh, now they're everywhere. I see this kid who was just arrested in Alabama, the basketball player, who allegedly shot some girl, tatted up all over the place. His accomplice, his alleged accomplice. Got a big neck tattoo. Neck tattoos are always a weird problem. Oh, speaking of which, neck tattoos. Officer Michael Fanone. Remember him? Fanone? We're going to go to cut 26 in a second. Here's the guy. Capitol Hill cop. The indifference shown to my colleagues has been disgraceful. 
Hit it. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. Room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist. That wasn't that bad. Or that hell actually wasn't that bad. Exactly. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Oh, wow. Yikes. So sorry. What can we do for you? Here's $430,000 for Michael Fanone. What a performance, huh? Was it really worth $430,000? Well, a GoFundMe campaign for him just concluded. And uh, he was whining and crying about not enough money. So uh, the left came to his rescue. This is in addition to the CNN uh, appearance deal he has. And the, uh, what else has he got going? Oh, he got a, he had a book. He had a book. Uh, books don't, mm, I don't like him. What a ooh, bad guy. And he's one with those tattoos. Not always, but often. It's a bad sign. All right, I got to go across the street in a moment first. David in California, yes. First of all, I'd like to mention Martin Luther King Day is the only holiday named after an individual. He must be the greatest American of all time. Now, I want to talk about Eric Adams' hotel debacle. Um, Greg, what do you think? The city cannot just decide, hey, we're going to take these people and pay cash to put them in hotels. There's a process for affordable housing through the federal and state government. You have to apply and then be approved, and then vouchers are given. If I was a New York taxpayer, I'd be protesting City Hall up in arms about this. You can't just decide, well, we're going to take this busload of people and pay $500 a night, $15,000 a month, of these people while you let veterans and mothers and disabled on the streets, letting them die. It's wrong. And I believe it's illegal. What do you think? Hey man, uh, I like your style. Uh, I ain't going to protest in front of city hall though. I just can't, I don't have the time. And uh, that's part of the problem, isn't it? You know, people are not motivated to do what you just said. I wish, uh, sometimes I wish things were different. We conservatives, we have other things to do. You know what I mean? got other things to do than uh go around complaining and banging drums and trying to destroy stuff anyway david as usual great stuff uh gail in staten island hello good afternoon greg you know i'm listening to your show all day here all afternoon and i couldn't help but think about when i saw joe biden you know going in and out of the garage the excerpts they keep showing of him I think about when he lied. He said he traveled 17,000 miles with Xi Jinping. So I, the thought came into my head, the song Little Red Corvette, and I picture the little commie flag flying from it. Ooh, I like that. Little Red Corvette. Get it? The communist angle? I love it. All right. I got to go in a second. Thank you, Gail. Tom, final word. Then I really got to run. Good afternoon, Colonel. I love your no BS attitude and much respect. Uh this administration investigating Trump and all the you know stuff with the papers and everything. I haven't seen anything sustenance. Anything? Anything what? Oh, not part. Anything? Not much sustenance. Sustenance or substance? You know, whatever it is. All right, Tom. Call me back tomorrow, and I'll see you guys tonight at ten o'clock. Forgive me. Bye bye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.